0: Hello and good evening, Redeemed family. It is so great to be with you on this evening. I'd also like to say welcome to all of the friends of Redeemed Assembly. It is indeed an honor to be before you on today. I want to shout out my pastors, Bishop and Lady James F. Harris, our leaders and elders and teachers and all that have been standing on the wall of faith. On tonight, I'm pleased to be before you and to share with you. The title of the lesson tonight is A Reserved Blessing. And so our scripture text is gonna come from the book of Genesis, chapter 27, verses 30 through 40. Again, the scripture text will come from the book of Genesis, chapter 27, verses 30 through 40. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, and I thank you for yet another opportunity. Lord, that I ask that you rise up on the inside of me, Lord, and minister according to your will. Meet the needs of your people like only you can, Lord. Order my words according to your will, Lord, that we may do what you would have us to do, God. Meet the needs now in the name of Jesus. And we count it done. It is so and so it is. Amen. Again, that scripture is uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 27, verses 30 through 40. Now it happened. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of his father Isaac, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who, where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, "'Bless me, me also, O my father.' But Isaac said, "'Your brother came with deceit "'and has taken away your blessing.' And Esau said, "'Is he not rightly named Jacob? "'For he has supplanted me these two times. "'He took away my birthright, "'and now, look, he has taken away my blessing.' And he said, "'Have you not reserved a blessing for me?' Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all his brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? Verse 38. And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, Your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword, you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. And again, the subject tonight is a reserved blessing. Now, typically in today's times, when something is reserved, what that means is that it's been set aside for a particular person or purpose. The things that we tend to reserve in today's time might even be a table at a restaurant or a hotel room or something like that. And what this reservation means is When I get there and when it's time for me to use it, it will be available for me and for me only. No one else can come in and take advantage of my reservation. So when we talk about a reserved blessing, again, we're talking about something that has been set aside for you and something that has been set aside for me. And on tonight, both you and I can freely say that we indeed have a reserved blessing from the Lord. The other thing I want to be clear about is blessing and what I mean by that to bless, be blessed or a blessing has to do with conferring divine favor upon someone. Uh, Typically, a blessing is anything that contributes to true happiness or overall well-being. It could be prosperity and a blessing or even long life. When humans bless, we tend to um, speak well of God. We bless God by praising him. We bend the knee, if you will. We pay homage and adoration to God. We praise God and we worship him for who he is. That's how we bless God. We also speak blessings upon one another. But oh, my goodness. What about when God blesses? When God blesses, he is able to meet each and every need. He's able to bless with peace and with grace. He's able to bestow physical and spiritual grace upon men in the form of long life, affluence and power. And the most important blessing is that he is able to give eternal life. And so on tonight, we want to talk about this reserved blessing, but to get into that and to make sure we get our reserved blessings, there's three quick tips that i have you to keep in mind. The first tip is to stay in your lane. And you might say, okay, what do you mean by stay in your lane? Looking back at our scriptural text, we were reading from the book of Genesis chapter 27 verses 30 through 40. And just before that, what you will find is that Isaac, who was the father, was going out of his way, trying to make sure he did everything he could to ensure that the person he blessed was going to be his firstborn son, Esau. He favored Esau. He loved Esau more than he loved his other son, Jacob. And I believe that it was just his pleasure and his delight to be able to bless his firstborn son. But if we go back a little bit further, and if we look in the book of Genesis chapter 25, verses 21 through 23, what we will find there is Rebecca, Isaac's wife, having a conversation. And it reads, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she, meaning Rebecca, was barren. And the Lord granted Isaac's plea. And Rebecca, his wife, conceived. And in verse 22 of Genesis 25, it reads, but the children struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And verse 23 is the pivotal verse here. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. I'm going to read that part again in verse 23. The Lord said, and the older shall serve the younger. Now, that's the word of the Lord during that time. Let me just be clear about something. They weren't hearing the word of the Lord every day every day, five, 10, 15 times a day. It was a rare thing to have a word from the Lord. And Rebecca was someone who certainly was regarded by God. And so she had sought God and was asking God, what's going on with these children on the inside of me? And God had already revealed unto her, wow, there's a war, there's a struggle going on, even in your womb but I'm already giving you the answer. Both of them, one shall be stronger than the other. Doesn't mean the other one won't be anything, but one's just going to be stronger than the other, but the older shall serve the younger. So that happened in Genesis 25. Now we journey back to the text that we read tonight in Genesis 27. And in the text that we read tonight, we saw Isaac readying and preparing himself to bless the older one, which was Esau. Now, It isn't written whether or not Rebecca shared what the Lord had revealed unto her, but it seemed as though they tended to get along pretty well, Isaac and Rebecca. I can't imagine Rebecca keeping it to herself. I can't imagine if she just had this warring happening within her, and she was even asking, if all is well, why am I like this? I can't imagine that she wouldn't have mentioned it to her husband, Isaac, that she wouldn't have said, hey, there's something going on now with these twins I have on the inside of me. These kids are worrying. I can't imagine that she wouldn't have even said to him, but I heard a word from the Lord. And the Lord said that the older shall serve the younger. And that would have meant putting Jacob first and Esau second. Now, there's not even many occasions in the Bible where you can hear where the Lord has brought a word to a woman that's going to change the direction of Israel, the chosen nation, but here's one such instance. So I think this is an important message to have here, and it happened in Genesis 25, before the children even got here. So now that the children are here, and they have now grown, what we see in Genesis 27, again, is Isaac now readying himself, and he is preparing to bless Esau. Now, I personally believe that he was made aware of the fact that the Lord had already given a word to Rebekah and told her the older is going to serve the younger. I don't know if it's that understanding that caused him to be so very careful when he was saying, hey, can you go cook me some stew? Uh, can I smell you? Can I touch your hair? Can I make sure you're Esau? He seemingly went through great pains to make sure that the person that he was about to bless was going to be Esau. Again, I think that he took great pleasure in it because he indeed favored Esau and wanted to bless him. And so with all of that said and with all of the efforts that he put forth, despite his best efforts, you can see that God's word actually prevailed here. And so when he tried to bless Esau, he later learned that indeed he had blessed uh, Jacob. And so the lesson here is you want to stay in your lane. And what I mean by that is you want to make sure that whatever word the Lord is giving you, that you're holding to that word. And I use this as an example because to be quite candid, when we typically look at this text, most of our attention rests on Rebecca and how she helped Jacob trick everyone. Most of the attention is there, but I don't often hear the attention being given to how did these people, how is it that Isaac intended to bless Esau? who would have been the firstborn. And what that means is that he would have had this double portion and that he would have, Esau, inherited his father's role as head of the family. How could he have been readying himself to do that if God had already spoken his word to Rebekah prior to that, even when the children were in utero and said, hey, the older one is going to serve the younger one. How is it that he was readying himself to do that, although the word of God had already come forth? And I take that to say that you can certainly have a good relationship with the, with the Lord Jesus Christ, but there can be an occasion or two where you can find that your own personal preferences might win out. What you want to have happen might take over. And so the first thing that you've got to make sure you do in order to get your reserve blessing is you want to make sure that you stay in your lane. And you're wondering if you're saying, well, uh, Jessica, how is it that do we know that's really, you know, the main thing that that's what was said? You can even journey over into the New Testament and see in Romans 9 and 12. What Paul himself said it was said to Rebecca, the older shall serve the younger. So I think it was well known. I think it was understood, but I believe that Isaac had purpose and intention. I love Esau and I'm going to bless Esau. And so as you're seeking to receive this wonderful reserved blessing that the Lord has for you, you've got to make sure that you stay in your lane, that you let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in God's sight, and that you make sure you come in alignment with what God says about you and yours. Amen. Uh, One other quick example of someone who needed to stay in their lane was Hagar as well. You know, she after a while, you know, she was, you know, kind of got full of herself and she wanted to play outside of her lane. But God had to tell her return and submit again. She had to learn that she had to stay within her lane. And when she was able to do that, there was also a a reserve blessing for her. So, again, the first lesson here is to receive the blessings that the Lord has reserved for you. Stay in your lane. God doesn't need any help from us and even the best of us with the best of relationships with God. Isaac is a mighty man of God, but obviously something went awry. I I believe he heard this word that Rebecca received. I believe that, but still he was yet willing to decree this blessing over Esau, knowing that the word had already come forth, that Jacob was going to be the leader. So if he would have decreed that blessing over, so so anyway, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. And the other part of that staying in your lane is and be thankful for what the Lord is doing for you. See, every part of the body has its function to do. The eye has to do what the eye is supposed to do. The eye can't take over what the mouth is supposed to do because then you wouldn't have anybody doing what the eye is supposed to do. And likewise, in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, everybody has their road, their role to play or their road to hoe, as we say in the country. And so you've got to make sure that you're staying in your lane, that you know what your purpose is, you're hearing from God and you're staying in Your lane, and as you're staying in your lane, you want to make sure that you're indeed thankful for what the Lord has done for you. Now, I hear in the book of Psalm 73, um, the Psalm of Asaph says, Truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. Verse 2: But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And I don't think that that's the only person who can say that. I think some of us can say sometimes we can let our eyes start to look at somebody else or something, and we can maybe project our own feelings and thoughts on the situation that God has already spoken about. God doesn't need us to figure out what's right or wrong. He needs us to hear what he's saying and move in the direction that he's calling us to move in. He needs us to stay in our lane. And if we stay in our lane, because our thoughts are not like his thoughts, our ways are not like his ways, but if we would but just stand on the word of God. then God will allow that reserved blessing to come true for us, amen? All right, that's point number one, stay in your lane. The next point that I'd have you to know is that you have to make sure that you be careful who you connect yourself with. So if you're wanting the blessings that the Lord has reserved for you, and indeed there are plenty of them, and I think there's some specific ones that God has reserved for you and that God has reserved for me, we wanna make sure, again, we stay in our lane don't start grumbling and complaining when you're staying in your lane. Don't start making excuses. Don't start trying to fix things for yourself. Stay in your lane. Trust God in that situation. And then the second thing is be careful about who you might connect yourself with. You might say, well, you know, you know, I've got the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of me and, you know, God is feeding me and leading me and guiding me and amen and amen to all of that. But who you are connected to will matter. Sometimes who you are connected to can have an implication for the blessings that you might receive. We just talked about Jacob and Esau and we know that, you know, God said his blessing was going to go to Jacob, but you might ask, Was Esau really blessed? Oh my goodness, if you go and look, Jacob was trying to give Esau a whole lot of things, sent a ton of stuff. And Esau said, I don't need it, my brother. I've got my own. And if you look in Genesis 36 and 6 through 7, what you'll find is that Um, Esau and Jacob had to part company and they Esau went his separate way because their possessions were too great for them to dwell together and the land where their strangers could not support them because of their livestock. So I say unto you, because Esau was connected to Isaac, then he also was able to receive a blessing. It may not have been the same blessing that Jacob had, but oh my goodness, it was indeed a blessing. And once he was able to repent, return and submit unto God, then he was able to receive what God had unto him. Amen. So who you connect yourself to matters. And so we use Esau. Let's talk about Hagar who you connect yourself to matters. Hagar was the other example. She is the one who actually fled from Sarah. And as she fled, what we found was that the Lord our God went and found her and asked her, Hagar, Hagar, where are you? And when the Lord called out to her, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord said unto Hagar, by the way, this is a bond woman. She's an Egyptian. She's not a person of Israelite. This is what God is doing to people who he didn't even call his own. Some of the people who says one I love, the other I hate it. And so he said unto her, this is what he said to Hagar. Not to Abraham. He said to Hagar, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitudes. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son and shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. And because of her connection, by the way, to Abraham, Abraham, because of her connection to Abraham, the Lord is now speaking to her, telling her what her child's name is, even though her child won't have the same role as Isaac, but her child has his blessing. And he's got to stay in his lane and she's got to stay in her lane. And what you find that Hagar does is she says later on, she realizes that he is the God who sees her. And this is where we get El Roy from, from Hagar who says, this is the Lord who sees me, even me, me, a person who really shouldn't be considered. Me, a person that is not necessarily God's chosen one at this point, but God saw fit to speak to me. God reserved a blessing for me. God said he would multiply my seed. He certainly said he was going to multiply Abraham. See, we all know that. He said he was going to make Isaac like the sand of the seashore and the, and the stars in the sky. We know all of this, but I want to make sure you understand there was also a reserved blessing for Ishmael and for Hagar. And so who you're connected to and where you're connected is important. We can see the example. I don't, I think if Hagar wasn't connected to Abraham, I don't know that God would have been out there looking for her you know, Abraham, the covering, if you will. And and let me just take a moment here. Many of us, we have church families. We have church homes and things of that nature. Those things are very important. Having your spiritual father, who's your spiritual covenant? Those things are important. Who you connect yourself to are very much important. So be careful as you're trying to get these blessings that God has for you of who you are connecting yourself to. I can even think about the people in the New Testament. Actually, let me go and talk about Joseph for a moment, because this is something that I found very interesting. In Genesis 39 verses four through five. So Joseph. Joseph found favor, and we know the story of Joseph. He was sold into captivity by his brothers. You know, he went into Potiphar's house and things of that nature, and the Lord had favor with him. And so Joseph found favor in his sight, in Potiphar's sight, and served him. Then he made Potiphar made Joseph overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake, What? The Lord blessed Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake, because Joseph was there. The Lord then blessed the whole house who you connect yourself to does matter. You don't just pick up and start hanging around with just anybody. How you connect yourself and who you connect yourself with, it matters. It can have some implication on what the Lord is doing in your life. And the last example that I will bring up is Paul in the New Testament. Paul was with a bunch of criminals, if you will, and they were trying to come ashore and they became shipwrecked and the ship started to fall apart. But because they were with Paul and because the Lord had given a word to Paul, God says, Will none of them perish. You won't lose any of them. And even when they wanted to kill Paul, the Lord held them back because they said, no, no, the man said, I'm not gonna kill any of the prisoners because I don't wanna kill Paul. So the second lesson that I wanna share with you is as you're looking for your reserve blessings, as you know that if God can bless Esau, whom he said he hated, and if God can bless Hagar, who was an Egyptian, well, then what about me? What about us? What about those of us that are called according to the word of Jesus Christ and by his name? Those of us who are called, we know that the Lord has reserved blessings in store for us. And because he does have those blessings in store, we want to make sure we stay in our lane. And we want to make sure that we're being thankful for what the Lord is doing for us. We don't want to let our feet almost slip because we're peeping to the left and peeping to the right and seeing what God is doing for John, Sally, and Jane. We want to keep our eye out on the prize, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we certainly want to make sure that we are very, very thankful for what the Lord is doing. And based on who we yoke ourselves with, who we go places with, who we're spending time with. We don't know if a fight's going to break out. I'm, I'm thinking about what had happened back in the day with Jeroboam, you know, even God said, I will take this kingdom for you. But for my servant David's sake, I'm going to leave one here. So, So I submit unto you, if you're in a good church home, stay in that great church home. It may not be perfect, but who you're connected to does start to matter. And there are times when there is a the man of God. There is a time when there's the covering of God that God will say, you know, I'm going to bless you just because you are in the house of redeemed sinner. I'm going to bless you for Bishop Harris's sake, because he's been crying out to me and because he is a man after my own heart. Amen. In Matthew 7, 11, The Lord says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts, if you will, to your children, how much more will your father and my father, who is in heaven, give good things to those of us who ask him of it? He tells us in Jeremiah 1 and 5 that before we were even formed in our mother's wombs, that he had sanctified us, that he had ordained us, and he had called us according to our purpose. He called Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations. What has he called you to do? What does he call Jessica to do? What does he call Danielle to do? What does he call Edith to do? What does he call Pixie to do? You gotta know your purpose. You gotta know what God has called you to do because there's a certain role then that you Need to play so that you'll know how to stay in your lane. So you don't start to try to help God out and try and do what God has called somebody else to do. And so that you can then start to inherit the true blessings that God has for you and the reserved blessings that God has just set aside exactly and purposely just for you. Just like with all of what was going on when Esau was begging, Lord, asking his dad, Father, do you have a blessing for me? Yes, Father, do you have a blessing for me? And I can hear some people now asking God, Lord, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Lord, do you have a blessing for me? And what God is saying is, yes, I had the blessing from the beginning of time and the end of time because before you even formed in the womb, I knew you. I am Alpha and Omega. I know my thoughts towards you. They are to do you good and not harm. I want you to prosper even as your soul prosper and that you be in good health. So even while we're crying out and asking and begging, Lord, do you have something for me? Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Have you reserved something for me? Is this for me? Is this for me? God does not run out. He is not short. He does not weaken, nor is he weary. He's not not a little bit, God, He is an overflow type of God. He does have a specific blessing for you, but you've got to make sure that you stay in your lane. And as you stand in your lane, you want to make sure that you're thankful for what God is doing. Don't get tricked by not being appreciative of all of what God has done. God has called you to your purpose. So you've got to know what is your purpose so that you can walk in it. That is another way that you yourself can bless God and can give glory unto God. And then when you are, when you do realize that, wait, maybe my feet are slipping a little bit. Maybe I'm looking too much to the left or to the right. Then you want to get yourself back in order. You want to bring yourself back in line and say, Lord, forgive me. That was me, but I'm back in line. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to let you be God. And I'm going to follow the direction. You are the head and I'm following the head, if you will. And so again, I just want to make sure you understand God does have a reserved blessing for you, a specific one. There's a whole lot of blessings that we have. And the time that he really, you know, there are times when we really kind of doubt it and we're wondering, I don't know. I don't know. I can imagine Esau was feeling very desperate at that point. God already had the blessing. It was already preserved. It was already reserved with his name on it. God already had it. But he just wanted somebody else's blessing at that point. He just wanted what somebody else had. You got to have what God has for you, okay? Don't get tricked. And what God had for him was enough. And what God had for him was enough. Same thing with Hagar. She wanted what God had planned for Isaac. No, that's not yours. So you got to make sure you understand what God is trying To do for you. The third point, and I am closing (laughs) with that, is the third thing is you want to make sure you know what the true treasure is, what the true blessing is. So, you know, what I mean by that is material things will pass away. I talked about Esau's material things, and we know that Ishmael went on and they had some real blessings, so to speak, material blessings. But what we do know is that material blessings will indeed Pass away. What we do know is that if we can receive the true riches of God, and that is faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, he can start to give us the true riches, the favor of God. Let me just go back for a moment and explain something to you. So now when Jacob fled from Esau, because he was afraid after he had, you know, he and his mom had tricked his dad and Esau said, I'm going to kill him. And so Jacob fled. Jacob didn't take one cow. He didn't take one cattle. He didn't take any of that with him. He went away and the Lord blessed Jacob. And when Jacob came back, he was giving away cattle and and, and, and herds and flocks and things of that nature. And what we found was that Esau was there and he had had all of that livestock. But what God really got to Jacob was something that was even more precious than material things. It was the favor of God. And God has also placed both me and you in a place of authority. And when we have that favor of God and we recognize that God has given us an ability to decree and to declare and to praise in authority, we are no longer just distracted by material things. We thank God for those material things. They are nice icings on the cake, if you will. They are nice trinkets. But at the end of the day, when God gives you the favor of God, that's something that you just cannot measure. That's some that no man can take away from you. That is something that does not depreciate over time. That's something that does not corrode. This is something that is a gift from God. And we know that every gift from God is sure and true and that they are not revocable. And so at the end of the day, we want to make sure that you know what the true treasure is. That true treasure is the favor of God. Amen. And if you've got the favor of God in your life, you can get some things. You can, you can get anything else that, you want because favor ain't fair, but it's real. If you've got the favor of God, God can work some things out that you cannot figure out. If you've got the favor of God, God can give you time so that you can get money. If you've got the favor of God, God can make your enemies be at your footstool, if you will. And so I want to submit unto you, you want to make sure in receiving these reserved blessings that you realize what the true treasure is. Don't get tricked. Don't just go for what's blinging. And mind you, I like blinging things, but the main thing is to make sure that you get Christ. Um, it says in John one and two. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in His name. Earlier, I said that God had blessed Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. That don't mean that Joseph, that Potiphar had salvation. That doesn't mean that Potiphar was becoming one with God or has some significant relationship with God. So just because they're material blessings and, they're, and just because they're material things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are now his and that you believe in his name. And we then are considered children of God. So the way in matter, the true treasure, if you will, is to make sure that you understand and know that you are a child of the most high God and that you have favor with God. And because you have this favor, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ. Jesus, our Lord, Jesus Christ. And so some of those other things that you have when you have the favor of God and you have this eternal life is you can then say, this is what my Lord says to me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. How do you measure grace? You can't. I'm telling you the true treasures are things that you just cannot measure. There are things that are only internal. If you will, they're intrinsically valued. Peace. Oh my Lord. If you're a parent, You know what it means to be asking God for peace. If you're someone, if you're black in these days and times, you know what it is to be asking God for peace. If you are uh, trying to put forth anything to get something done, you know what it is to ask the Lord Jesus Christ for peace. You cannot measure that. These then are the weightier matters. These are the treasures, if you will. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in everything every good work. So what he's saying is with favor in your life, after you have received Christ, Anything you put your hand to will prosper. You don't have to just run after one thing or two things or three things, but because of who you're connected to, back to be mindful of who you're connecting yourself to, you can, we're connecting ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, we know that all of our needs will be met, that when our strength is getting low, He will renew our strengths. He will make us soar on wings like eagles and He will make us run and not grow weary and He'll make us walk and not faint. Sometimes He'll make us feel like we're Troops so we can run through walls. I'm just submitting on to you right now. Sometimes when you're feeling low and you feel like nobody's identifying with you, the Lord will say I am your great and exceeding reward. I'm telling you, when you have Christ in your life, if you have God for you, he is indeed more than the world against you. And there is nothing that compare to it. And so on tonight, I wanna just encourage you that there is indeed a specific reserve blessing for you. But you wanna make sure one, you stay in your lane and you're thankful for what God is doing for you. Make sure, ask your, ask the Lord, open my eyes, help me see what you're doing. Because if I'm with God, then he's always, He's. I think I heard my bishop say, he's famous for that. He's always working a miracle. He's always doing something amazing. And sometimes he hides these miracles in work clothing. Sometimes he will take the biggest blessing or the biggest breakthrough and hide it in uh, adversity, if you will. But if you will just hold fast to the word of God and recognize that Lord God is with you to do you good, and that He has that blessing reserved. He's not a man that He's going to lie. He's not a man that He's going to repent. His word will accomplish that which He has sent it forth to do. And you just want to make sure that you stand on that word of God. I can hear Tasha Cobb saying um the words to this song, there's a miracle in this room and it's got my name on it. There's a breakthrough in this room and it's got my name on it. There's healing in this room and it's got my name on it. Man, because I know all of this, I'm gonna bless God. I'm gonna put a praise on it. And so on tonight, I thank you for your time. I appreciate all of your prayers. I appreciate all that everybody's doing to keep us all moving forth in these trying times. We know that there are blessings that are reserved for us. And based upon what God has already said, we're going to go back on the word of God. We're not going to try to do things our way. We're not going to do what we think is best, but we're going to stand on the word of God. And when we realize if we do get some things kind of altered, we want to get them back in line. We also want to be careful who we link and connect ourselves to, who we are yoked with, where we fellowship. You may not think it's important, but ask some of those people I talked about. They would say, oh, yeah, it's important who you're connected to, who you're spending your time with. You want those folks to have a word from the Lord. Amen. And then the last thing is, you want to make sure that you recognize what your true treasure is. And that is that you have eternal life, that you have Christ living on the inside of you. And if God before you, he is more than the world against you. You play my strength in the Lord. Amen.